first thing is to take a moment and evaluate how far have I really come? Wow, look at all the growth. Look at all the amazing things. Oftentimes, we're so busy focusing on where we are in comparison to where we want to be, but we don't recognize how far on the journey we've traveled thus far. You don't judge yourself in the car, although one would say we get a bit fatigued. But, you know, when you drive 200 miles, you don't go, oh, my God, 300 miles. You know what? I should just quit. I'm never going to make it because you know the destination's there. It's very important that you recognize how much you've, how far you've come. And through that, all the things that you garnered. podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you. University of St. Francis Music Technology Bachelor's and Associate's Degree programs allow students to focus on the genre and specific area of the music industry that interests them. With concentrations in audio production, audio for video post-production, live sound, music business, and contemporary artist development, there's something for everyone. Here are just a few examples of students' music. Go to sf.edu to learn more. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. My name is Kibway Cooper, and I am so glad that you are here. Today, we're going to have a really fantastic conversation uh, with an incredibly talented lady. It's going to be amazing. So before we get started, I want to talk to you a little bit about our topic for today. So this third series, third season, really, of Empower You Podcast is all about education and broadening our understanding of what it means to be educated, as well as the varying facets, the nuance that is involved in education and how it presents itself, right? And so um, my goal is to bring on as many brilliant people as possible because while I don't think I'm a chump, I'm definitely not an educator and I have not worked with thousands of students and thousands of other educators like my guest has. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my guest and we will get started. So my guest for this conversation is Bryn Dresser. Now, Bryn is the host of the Mental Advantage podcast. She is also a national speaker who spoke to thousands and thousands of kids uh, and educators. Um, she has motivated thousands of young people and touched their lives. She's also a former D1 athlete. And did I mention she has an amazing podcast? If you guys are not listening to the Mental Advantage podcast, you really need to check it out because in our society, the First thing that we we find that is under attack is our mental stability. And so what Bryn is doing with her podcast is attacking the very elements that would cause us to fall into these mental health uh, spirals and things like that. And so I thought she was the perfect candidate to talk to us about the differences between education and leadership. So Bryn, 
Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Kibway. Uh, it's just such an honor to be here. And thank you for that warm introduction. I always, it always feels weird when someone's talking about you, but I'm happy to, uh, you know, provide value wherever I can. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about the Mental Advantage podcast. Tell me about yeah. your speaking career. What what have you been doing with your life? Well, you know, to, to try not to take the longest time to tell you my life story, uh, essentially, you, you mentioned I was a D1 athlete. Uh, and somewhere after her college, I fell in love with mindset. I will admit that when I was an athlete, I didn't know the stuff that I'm teaching athletes now. Um, and I was into mindset and I really went deep into this whole, you know, metaphysical space of how there's so much more that we do have power over if we just get control of our minds, right? Instead of feeling like life is happening to us, it's happening by us. And then there's through us and higher levels. But when I would always coach people, I would use sports analogies anyway. So it just seemed like a natural progression to actually work with athletes. And through that, I I came along the way. I've been coaching athletes for quite a while. And something I've always loved is asking people questions and getting to know their stories. And I had lots of ideas for a podcast, but when I thought about it, I wanted to know what was people's mental advantage. Like when you see people do these superhuman feats or these amazing things in their lives, you know, that happens on the fields of play and sports, regardless of what sport it is, you're just like always like, what were they thinking? What was going through their mind? And then commentators often attempt to tell the story or, you know, the outside, you know, um, people want to, you know, fans, oh yeah, he was this, she was that. But I find it so fascinating to actually talk to some of these people and find out that they had these dreams even so much as a little kid. The first time they saw the Olympics on TV, they were like, I'm going to do that someday. And then they did it. And so those have been really fascinating for me. And through that, you know, I've been able to be exposed to lots more top names in my industry and learn from them and learn about their process. And most importantly, bring that back and serve my clients even better because I, I work with professional college and high school athletes on helping them to master the mental skills necessary to perform consistently and confidently at their best. So there's no upside limit on what they can do with their career, regardless of whether they're the most talented, most well-known or highly recruited. So through that process, I've been able to really learn from people that are at the highest peak of their game and share that with my athletes that this is no different than if you were in the Olympics or if you're at the World Series or if you're in the Super Bowl or in the biggest race of your life. And so once they recognize that this is just a part of the process and sort of helping them maybe troubleshoot things a little earlier and take the lessons of the what not to do's from the people who've already been there. That's what I find so rich about the podcast. So I'm so happy that I get to bring that those stories to people that they can learn from them and possibly, you know, uh, implement in their own. It's like basically reading a bunch of sports biographies that would <laughs> never be written, you know? So I love it. That's amazing. And I think it's super engaging because you get to hear um, you know, just kind of the nitty gritty and the humanity that goes into being exactly. uh, a, a professional athlete that goes into being a superhuman, so to speak. Um, and, and the fact that they deal with a lot of things similar to you and I, but the way that they overcome those things may be different based off of Absolutely. the tools that they use. And I think it's just so important that we document this stuff. I think 
and maybe and maybe you'll agree on this, but I think a yeah. big problem that we have, especially with our young people right now, is that they don't know who to aspire to because things either seem too lofty or out of reach, right? They don't want to be somebody else. They want to be themselves. And so right. when you show different aspects of being yourself, a whole human, a high achiever, but you yep. don't make it all stodgy and weird and, and, yeah. and, you know, it's just like they can't relate to that because their lives are just not the same. Their parents didn't grow up in the Depression. You know, their their parents right. are not boomers. Their parents right. are not, you know, so there's just a yeah. different level of connection um, that they need and we have to do right. a better job of documenting it. So well, the yeah. work that you're doing with athletes, because I don't know any... Well, I guess there's some, but a lot of young people, when I was coming up, everybody yeah. wanted to be an athlete. You know, that was yes. the first thing, you know. And so to be able to learn uh, from other athletes in a way that is yeah. um, not judgmental and that they can really get behind Absolutely. is really, really important. So what do you think about um, the 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 topic that we have for today, the difference between uh, education and leadership? You know, it's interesting because, of course, there's formal education, right, where we think of school, right, where you go to an institution and you attend classes, that type of stuff. Interestingly enough, when I think of education, I think about it more from the standpoint of lifelong education, right, mm -hmm. to be a lifelong learner. Right. So when you talk about it in that vein, right, then I absolutely think education and leadership go hand in hand. I'm not stating or even asserting that um, leadership is not present in the school system. I do have some issues about the way the school system is designed, preserving leadership, preserving uh, what you're talking about, this authentic voice and this unique perspective and fostering the different types of learners and, um, you know, the, the, the different talents that we all exhibit. So in that regard, I do get a little concerned, but I mean, leadership is present everywhere. Everyone is a leader. We say this when we, um, when we present at schools, which is um, who do you lead 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Yourself. yourself. Yeah. So you're either leading yourself in one direction or the other at any given moment. When we ask people how many of you consider leaders, though, oddly enough, most people don't raise their hand. So that's mm. what's fascinating. It's like, well, you're all leaders, but we all have one fixed idea of what leadership is. So I think just like education can broaden its perspective of what learning is, everyone could exp expand their uh, definition of what leadership is. Okay. So what is the first thing that you think of when you think of leadership? I think the the thing is self-leadership. I mean, that's what I'm after, right? I mean, of course, I think we all have a fixed idea of this person in the front going, everybody follow me this way, right? Now, several leaders that have said, everybody follow me this way <laughs> has been wrong. It, it isn't that they're always right. It's just that they had the confidence to assert a direction and most people, because they don't, I'll, frankly, don't want to choose, will say, okay, I guess this way. This will be easier than having to discern it for myself. I think the highest form of leadership is self-leadership for that reason. I think it's very important that people check in with self, get to know self. And admittedly, this is not sexy because it's a lifelong process. It's yeah. ever evolving. When we talk about lifelong learning, like learning self is a huge part, but you know, it is as a man thinketh, so is he. Right. You know, it, the more that you get to know yourself, yeah. the more you're going to know how to lead yourself to say, wait a minute, 
That doesn't feel like the right direction with, for me. And to swim against the current takes courage. And so courage is a big part of leadership. But getting to know self is the process so that we don't follow the wrong person. And not that that person is wrong for their choice, but that it may not be the right choice for ourselves. And in that process, you're gonna get more defined on, okay, what's my leadership style? Right. What do I prefer? Who do I prefer? Because it doesn't mean that you always have to be, that you're not ever a follower to be a good leader. You also must know how to follow. Right. You must know how to you know, uh, disperse power and know that it's not just about me and it's my ideas and i think that that's the part of getting to know yourself and recognizing that being not in the front doesn't make you like some people leave from the back some people you'll mm. never know you'll never know those names you'll never hear those stories but they were some of the most influential people in people's lives and definitely leaders so i think those are the different things that i think are very powerful about leadership and self. it starts with self-leadership knowing yeah. self that's really interesting you said we have a fixed idea of what leadership looks like and that yeah. creates confusion because people fundamentally don't necessarily want to choose. Um, right. And so if you can't see the leader, people often assume there's no leader. Yep. That's interesting. Yep. I, who? So that awareness comes from education, right? Understanding what leadership looks like or what an idea of what you think leadership looks like. Um, well, I mean, obviously you look at all the different uh, media veins, right? And, you know, in the military, who's the leader, right? The captain, the sergeant, the right. commander in chief, whatever you want to call. I mean, that's the president, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. uh, various different people, right? Like it becomes, so education is going to show you, I mean, just the way our classroom set up. Who's the yeah. leader in the classroom? The yeah. teacher, based on the way that they set it up, which interestingly enough, education was all, the way that we educate and set up our classrooms is all based on the industrial revolution. They wanted one voice in the front and all mm. the other people in the, in the back so that they could get the idea that the, the orders, the, the ideas come from one direction. Ooh. Now, now things have changed. So schools are changing to some degree, but you know, nobody has a great idea on how to do that. So we pretty much stick with what if, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, although it is broken. Well, um, and, and or, or or better said, one person from the California Department of Ed said to me, it's not broken. It's working exactly as it is designed. That's right. But it perhaps has a failure to answer. We get these ideas from media, from the way we were educated, the way we are structured at work. Everywhere we go, leadership seems to be one way. When you don't see your self-reflection, because we know representation matters, people then say, oh, then I'm not a leader because I'm not like that. So me, right. I'm very loud. I'm very, you know, right. oh, I'm in your face. I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm a big personality. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That's, <laughs> That's a leader. That ain't me, right? So it's important that people recognize that there's no such thing as one way to lead or one type of leader because someone else is going to be turned off by my style, but completely enlivened and inspired by yours. Right. But when we decide these fixed ideas, and we talk a lot about fixed mindset and growth mindset in education, which is opening your mind to the idea that there's not one way to do anything. Mm. And then that gives room for more people to exercise, if you will, their wings. Oof, that's a lot, though. I think we want there to just be one way everything works because it's just easier to, to, to like, process that. 
uh, I think the idea that education is infinite and that um, your ability to lead and impact people are is infinite, I think that is just so hard to to put handles on, right? And I think because people fundamentally don't want to choose, they'd also rather not have as many options, which seems like the exact opposite of everything everyone says. Exactly. But it's, it's just evident in the way that people move and function. They don't want there to be a whole lot of options. Like, even for myself, like, I, have, I, I like to think I have a very broad view of how things work, right? Because I believe... You know, that God is infinite. I believe that divinity and the divine is infinite. And so it's going to present itself in so many different ways. And so it's my job to be open to receive it, not to judge it, right? But I don't have that same mentality for myself. I feel like there's absolutely (laughs) one rigid direction I have to go through in order to be impactful or to be... um, prolific or or in some way powerful and so that comes from like my exposure which yeah is basically my education right whether it's in your home environment or the city you grew up in or the school you went to your environment right. is is what is educating you and making you not want options if that makes any well, sense I, I talk about this quite a bit and i want to caution people from this idea of Overwhelm because there's too many options. I mean, if you've ever right. shot for barbecue sauce, you're like, how can there be this many versions <laughs> of barbecue sauce? How can there be this many versions of hot sauce, ketchup? I mean, just go down any of those aisles. You're like, it's it can be overwhelming. But because I know what I like, right? Because right. I maybe tried one on for size. And then I was like, oh no, that one I tried. I don't like it. And yeah. then I found sort of the Goldilocks of, you know, <laughs> porridge, so to speak. But it's widening your view so that you can see the whole menu and then right. honing in on a choice. Mm-hmm. Widening and then honing, widening and honing. So where most people are not able to do that because like they don't, I, I would say that I would caution people from words like hard difficult Mm. that's a perception and you're placing that on that and i understand it it feels like it's hard because if i choose that what if that's right Right. but you won't know right the reason you know that what you're doing right now is the path is because you tried other paths and it didn't feel right just like the different beds going back to the goldilocks analogy but in order to do that you had to see all three beds if you only saw one bed you're gonna think that's the bed you have to choose Similarly with education and leadership, we are funneling people through this A through G requirement in education and then telling them like, okay, as long as you're good at these subjects, then your success in college has a certain amount of determinate, you know, uh, destiny, like it's a, it's a predestined uh, situation. But interestingly enough, plenty of kids don't fit into that they feel like they're not smart because they don't do well in the a3g a3g requirements of these core you know uh subjects yet they could be an artistic genius or just see things differently and need things to be set up a different way you can teach somebody geometry on a pool table but do we 
No, but could that person better understand geometry if it wasn't just these shapes on a page that had, you know, and for them, it, it doesn't make sense because maybe it doesn't have any functional connection. Yeah. Everybody is different. And once we recognize that, that we say, I don't know about, and, and when you speak about God, the infinite ways that God can bless your life. But if you think it only comes one way, going, um, I, have you heard the story, Kim Wayne, about the guy that's drowning and he prays for God oh, to save yeah. him? Oh, yeah, and he yeah, sends yeah. him three boats, but he was looking for God's hand himself to come and reach him out of that water. By having that narrow view, you miss yeah. things. Yeah. And then you feel like you don't belong and you have a bunch of people that, yeah, they don't like choice because they feel like the choices that they're being offered don't fit them, don't look like them, don't feel like them. And when we get to know ourselves and we can see, wow, wait a minute, I don't have to be a doctor, lawyer, business person, engineer. I can be something else. I can be a circus performer. I, yeah. can, I can be somebody who takes care of other people's pets for a living. What, that's an option? And, you know, and so once we recognize there's so many infinite ways to go about life and that it's okay to not have to choose this, you know, square box that we're all wanting to fit in for success, which is interesting because success is arbitrary as well. <laughs> and that's the whole point. The words don't mean anything. It's about how they mean to you. And that's what I am after in education and leadership. Mm, you said, you said something. I'm trying to remember the term exactly how you said it. You said functional education, I think you said. Uh, uh, sure. Um, when you were talking about the pool table and learning geometry on the pool table. Oh yeah, they may need to have more function tied to like, how does this work in the real world versus just, oh, this is a shape and this is how you calculate the cosine. And I'm, I'm sure I'm mixing. You guys are probably like, that's trigonometry. I wasn't great at math. So, <laughs> but it's the a point metaphor, is, yeah, I mean, there's angles in geometry, I think. But that's my <laughs> point. Like, it may make more sense if I knew that at a 45 degree angle, if I hit this pool ball, then I have a very good odd, we can talk about probability then, of that ball going into that hole. That type Ooh, of stuff. That is so good. It's the functional knowledge. I think that's, I think that's what I want people to understand is that educational, education, is not it's not a, a a linear process it's a it's it's a it's a journey of of creating functional knowledge about a topic or varying topics or topics specific to something that you care about right um but i can't say that i would never would have even come up with the term functional education if i hadn't been educated yeah yeah, yeah. and so that's i think that's really really interesting so tell me how right. your education then whether and i and i mean education in a broad sense right so right what were your experiences growing up uh what were your experiences as an athlete what were your experiences uh, as a collegiate athlete how does that yeah. education from all of those environments how does that affect your leadership style do you feel like you had to yeah. unlearn a lot of things in order to be an effective leader and speaker. I mean, you've spoken to thousands of kids at this point. Yeah. So learning how to do that, I don't, I don't, you know, I think that takes a level of understanding of yourself and a level of education on how to reach and communicate with others. So do you think you came into the ability to really motivate and reach kids through your education or was it through the unlearning of, of education that allows you to be so impactful for students? It's funny that you say unlearning because I was thinking of the term hot stove learning, right? If I touch the hot stove, then I know it's hot versus someone mm -hmm. telling me it's hot. Right. 
sometimes you got to learn through your mistakes, right? In fact, I would argue <laughs> most of our learning is through our mistakes. Did I have it all right? No, I was a good leader at times. I was a terrible leader at times. Um, and then you said linear, which earlier I was thinking everything in school is about lines, right? Get in yeah. line, stand in yeah. line, straight lines, all of these things. And then you have to learn that it's not about lines. There's literally nothing that goes in a straight line <laughs> in the world. You know, like we, we don't even draw straight lines. Like we try and I mean, we do our best, but they're usually, I mean, they could be straight, I suppose, but they're angled They're You, yeah. know, you can't draw a perfect circle, all of these things. It's all about figuring out how, so when you talk about what was my education like, I was in foster care when I was five years old and uh, I came back, uh, so I was in kindergarten when I left, I came back in third grade. My few years in kindergarten was in the Chicago public school system. When I was in the Chicago public school system, my mom was, uh, made sure that we were avid readers, I guess, even when I was a young child. But I was in kindergarten or first grade in Chicago and I could read a sixth grade textbook. So they thought I was a genius, right? So they wanted to skip me grades. Thank God my mom said no, because when I moved back to the suburbs, while I may have qualified for gifted programs, I was in no way um, smart enough to have skipped grades, or at least I don't think so. Um, ultimately, also what was interesting about that coming back from the city of Chicago, even though I may have been gifted, I was put in regular classes, whatever regular classes means. And then my sophomore year in high school, Kibway, I used the word destitute and I was in accelerated English the next week. I remember the teacher said, describe the character in the story. She was writing them on the board as we said them. I said destitute. She turned around. Who said that? <laughs> and oh, I was like, wow. I did. And then next thing you know, I'm in accelerated classes. Should I have been in accelerated classes before then since I came back in third grade and suddenly my, you know, I'm, I'm all of a sudden a gifted and talented student. This is my sophomore year in high school. I don't know. One could argue possibly. Uh, through So in the classroom, I felt a little bit of fish out of water because I was a person of color in a largely white neighborhood, community, and high school. And obviously, as you go into the gifted classes, there's less of us. And so I was already a minority and then even more of a minority. So I felt very much, and I, you know, my family didn't have money, you know, I didn't have all this great education up until this point. So there's all these different things that can challenge your ability to develop your leadership style. But I remember, I'll, I'll give you a few pivotal moments of my education. One of my pivotal moments was, um, I was in my AP US history class, besides the word destitute, obviously. I was in my <laughs> AP US history class. This was my junior year in high school, and we had our first test, and it was just the test. It wasn't the AP test. It was just the first test in the class, and um, my teacher at the time loved to tell the story to the classes that followed that I cried. I was like, thanks, thanks for that. But I did, right. I cried at, at, on that test. I don't know why, I don't remember the exact reason, but I, I remember it, I think it had something to do with feeling like I wasn't equipped for that class. Or maybe I was like, oh, this is gonna be harder than I thought it was. And I was comparing myself to this one kid in particular, I'm not gonna say his name, but he's like wore these sweater vests, you know, nice collared <laughs> shirts. I mean, he was like the epitome of the kid that you see that like his parents probably go to a country club kind of kid. I'm not saying they did. For all you know, he just dressed well. Got a but butler. That's what he, came off as. <laughs> he, he was arrogant it's, and yeah. all of these things. Gets to school in a Maybach, 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like he's driven to school. He's in the back, right? His driver drives him to school. Right. And we were in we were in a middle class area, and I'm sure he could have been up on upper middle class, yeah. but he wasn't like probably, you know, anyway. But yeah. the point was is that when I my teacher talked to me, because he talked to each of us after this first test, and I think he knows that a lot of us feel overwhelmed by this class, and he's been doing it for long enough to know. But he he reminded me what strengths I had. Instead of what I felt like I didn't have, which is what I was focusing on, he reminded me of what strengths I had, my personality, my interpersonal skills, all of the things that I bring to the table that are forms of intelligence that I was more looking at. Well, I didn't have the education. I haven't been in AP classes my whole life or any of those things. Right. I didn't end up getting a four on that test and getting college credit. So, to, I mean, and he was a great teacher. So I give a lot of credit to him as well. And then the next thing was being in track and field. Like you talked about being an athlete. I was uh, a varsity athlete from my freshman year all the way to my senior year in high school. Mm. And that's not a normal trajectory for every athlete, right? Some people earn their way into varsity in their later years, but I was on varsity my freshman year. I developed my skills of leadership and realized my voice and the power that I had, whether it be good or bad. I was also a class clown. I love to make people laugh. (laughs) That had to be honed in because it was like, okay, let's, let's rein that in a little bit. The class is getting off track because of you. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Parent teacher conference type stuff. Ultimately my voice, I became aware of my voice through these things. I became aware of my strengths in that way. And then as a college athlete, it was just the fact that I could have a, a, a vein of influence in a field that it wasn't necessarily the best because I came from a field of being really good in high school, but college, you know, you're with the best of the best of the best, especially division one. So I had to find a different way to be a leader. Right. And so again, it was my vocal leadership. It was my, it was my ability to listen and advise and be there and also just be a source of levity for people and have fun and, um, so I think you're, you're just the various experiences I had throughout my education, like you said, even in the broad sense, um, learning. And then when I was a manager, this is where I got my biggest lesson, aha, because I was such a go-getter and I was a hard worker and I did everything they asked me to do. But then you encounter people that aren't like you. You encounter people that aren't motivated the way you are. And then you're in a position of supervising them. I was a terrible manager. For me, the way I do it, that's the way you should do it. And if you don't do it that way, why not? It's the right way. So yeah, did my employees learn a lot from me? Yes. Did they like me all the time? No, because, and not that it's about being liked as a manager, but you need to be able to tap into what other people's learning styles are and management styles and those type of things. So I learned a lot through that experience. So I think, you know, and that was definitely a hot stove learning moment. I had those in track and field. I had those in the classroom. I had so many, but through that, I kind of figured out, okay, just because you're strong, just because you're the most vocal, doesn't mean you always got to be the one that's talking. Maybe you need to be listening. Maybe you don't always need to be the one that's out front. Maybe you need to let someone else shine and 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 find a way to put, you know, uh, help them, pull them out of themselves, right? So there's lots of different things. And uh, through that process of like observing myself and taking the feedback of mentors and seeing other leadership styles, I've developed a greater leadership style of self. Am I perfect? Am I figured it all out? No, like I said, it's a lifelong process. But yeah, I've had a lot of pivotal moments where my leadership shined and I needed to learn how to, you know, uh, sort of 
maybe massage it a little bit and, and, and mold it with clay because it was still something that was new and it still is, right? Even right. in the process of speaking to thousands of youth, right. I've learned so much from them and the different ways that I had a moment with a kid um, just recently, this was a couple years ago, but I said, oh, can, I, can five guys help me with this heavy thing over there? And one of the girls was like, I really wish you would ask the girls. And I was like, didn't even think about it. That's a great point. And I'm on a microphone. I'm in the front of the room. I'm a big example. So now I just say, any students that want to help me with these things over here? <laughs> right? Because yeah. you, you just don't know you're excluding people with the way that you speak, the way that you, and then your influence in a room like that. So there's been a lot of moments, aha moments throughout the process, and I'm still learning. Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. I want to take a second and tell you about a service I've been using that has literally changed my life. Akita Ricks, the founder of SawyerScore.com, helped me erase negative items on my credit score, provided me a clear path to improving my credit, and raised my score by 100 points in the first 90 days. Like, whoa. The best part about all of this is all I had to do was follow instructions. Now, if you're like me and you need a credit bestie, you need to click the link below and schedule your absolutely free discovery call today. Tell them Kidboy sent you. Yeah, and I, I, I like how you said um, leadership changes over over time as you get older. Yeah. Because I think I agree with that a lot. I do think that leadership over time, um, it, it, it changes. Who, who you are changes, right? Right. And so what you feel like is the best course of action change. I was uh, 18 the first time I had a management position. Well, maybe I was 19. And while yeah. I do think I did a good job with it, um, I don't know that I don't think I would be the same type of manager today. Right. You know, and so um, I think that's really important as well. We understand our leadership ability is supposed to evolve. You're not just like born a leader or not born a leader or born <laughs> smart or not born smart. Like that's just right. not fundamentally how it works because you're constantly becoming something the more you engage in anything. And so that, that there's, there's ebb and flow to that. And so I love how you said that, you know, your leadership skills have changed over time. Um, and, and, and your education is constantly changing as well. And I think that's another, because I, here's what I'm noticing in the environments that I'm in. We have this 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 assumption that people are more enlightened on a topic, they're more educated, uh, they are more connected, they are more profitable than ourselves, and so we give them this deference, meaning this authority to speak over us, and we realize over time they don't have anything more figured out than you. And I think that's one of one of the, the the things I've learned on my own entrepreneurship journey. It's just that absolutely there are people who have got it dialed in. But there are a lot of folks who are just have just been at it longer than you. It really they really don't know much more than you. If they did right. the exact same things that you're doing, they'd probably be in the exact same space because they just are there maybe on year 10, you know, they might be on year five. Yeah. You're at year two, year three, yeah. like maybe you're in year one. It's just like, well, if you keep doing exactly what you're doing three years from now or sooner, because you can learn from their mistakes, you'll probably be in the same position. 
You know, yeah. it's just a matter of, uh, of 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 learning as you lead. Um, I had a guy on there on on the podcast. His name was Quentin, um, and he was fantastic. And one of the things that he said was, you know, you have to know when to switch between being a leader and an educate and and educating yourself. Yes. Because leadership, you know, just like you said, you have to learn how to follow, and you have to learn how to how to how to be smarter. You have to model what being uh, good at your craft looks like for your employees or your team or whatever. So I just think that's very interesting that we, you know, we keep arriving. So far, we've arrived at this at this uh, understanding that both of these are gradual phases. Just because that person might be the leader of some board or something, that does not mean they know more, unfortunately. Especially in today's time, man, I've just gotten really, really disappointed in leadership in the past. <laughs> you know, and 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 I'm me, right? I'm the whole unique right. being. And so what I might find disappointing may be absolutely outstanding to someone else. But what I right. do want to to reiterate is you know and it's coming from someone who has done as much as you have that you know these are these are gradual things that happen and nobody's status makes them a better leader may um, i add something kibway yeah when you say age i do want to point that out because i i want to highlight it that people hear that and they think that leadership is better as you get older that's not mm. true I want to I want to I want to dispel that myth. You could be on year 10 if you started at 16, right? If yeah. you started at 16, you could be at year 10 at a different time than somebody else was at year 10. So everybody's year 10 is not the same, right? Ooh. That's important. And I also want people to recognize that uh, one of the reasons I, I'll, I'll say this to your audience, I don't talk about age. I don't ask people their age, nor do I disclose mine. Now, some people say, oh, of course, you're a woman. You don't talk about your age. You must be a woman of a certain age because that's when women start stop talking about it. I've actually haven't been talking about age for years. And one of the reasons is I recognize that the mo most question people ask is, how old are you? Because they want to find oh, yeah. out. Are you advanced for your years? Or are you behind for your years, right? Should I be impressed or should I be like, oh yeah, you're right where you should be, right? Yes. I, and so in that way, I recognize that I was qualifying myself or disqualifying myself, qualifying myself and doing the same to others. So I just took it off the table. It's not about your judgment about my age. That's fine. I just, for full disclosure, I do know how old I was. I, I am, I was there, right? I sometimes forget <laughs> the exact year because I don't talk about it that much, but I know I can do the math, right? I can figure it out. <laughs> but ultimately what's interesting is that people do decide that, oh, because they're younger than me, they don't have anything to teach me. Because they're older than me, they should know better. And that's the thing. Leadership evolves as the person evolves. Your age tells me how long you've been on the planet. It does not tell me about your experience and the work you've done on yourself. And that yeah. is something that we need to get away from, is attaching it simply to a number. And we need to meet the person where they're at. And I'm not suggesting that a 16-year-old is going to be like as wealth of information as someone who is far advanced in years, but I am suggesting on certain topics, they may be and vice versa. So it, it, and not to assume that because this person has been on the planet for a certain amount of time that they do know so much, because like you said, it just means that confidence, as they said on one of my episodes is simply repetition over time. So if I've been doing something longer, I'm going to seem very polished because you didn't watch day one, day two, day three. You, you're seeing me on day a thousand and being like, who 
I'm never going to be like that. You're right, because you haven't started yet. Correct. So you can get there, and you could be better than me on day 1,000, because you're going to have a different trajectory evolution process. So when you say, um, Quentin said, learning, knowing when to lead and when to learn, I say it's both because in your learning, you are leading because you're showing that a leader doesn't have all the answers and you're willing to learn. So I don't know that you ever stop leading because you're leading yourself in that process and someone is going to follow your example. I, I think that it's just, that's one of the problems in society is this either or syndrome. It's yeah. always binary thinking. It's this yeah. or that. It's like, Ooh. no, it's both. Leading and education go hand in hand. It's and. It's always and. We need to keep our butts out of it. Listen, you talking that talk now. Now you talking <laughs> that talk. She said, listen, it's not an either or. I think that's, that for myself, that's, that's a struggle for me. Yeah. It's a struggle to realize that I am even more complex than I realize. That I'm allowed to need help. That I'm allowed yeah. to be learning. That I'm allowed to... Uh, make mistakes and to to regress and then to progress and then to improve and you know there's so much pressure on us to be filter ready and yep. uh, it, it it can become super convoluted so I, I love the fact that you said that that's that's very very helpful uh, to myself and I'm sure to anybody who is listening so um, while we are discussing this um, yes I want whoever is listening to this podcast right now to go ahead, like, subscribe, uh, and leave a comment on what you think so far uh, of this podcast. Tell me your 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 own personal understanding of, of leadership versus education and how you feel about it. You can find uh, this podcast on all of your pod- podcast listening platforms as well as Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. I just want to know what you think of leadership Um versus education and what your personal experience has been with that. So um, if you're listening to this, just take a moment and, and drop a comment or, or, or leave a, a like or a follow or even share this with somebody who you think would really benefit from this conversation. So Brian, what do you think the number one takeaway you want people to have about this conversation, about um, the, the, the dualities of, of, lead, of education and leadership? What's the one takeaway that you want people to walk away with? Well, I think the biggest question for the, the audience that I want them to walk away with would be, how am I leading myself on a regular basis? So if everything starts with self, how am I leading myself on a regular basis? Am I beating myself up? Am I making myself feel like I should be somewhere that I'm not? And the big thing is should, right? Don't should on yourself. I did a video like this a long time ago and it's like, we should, no shooting on yourself. And I know it sounds like the other word and it's kind of the same. And should is a very heavy word, right? You should know better than where, you know, you should do better. You should know, you should be here right? It doesn't feel good. It feels very different. So first thing is to take a moment and evaluate how far have I really come? Wow. Look at all the growth. Look at all the amazing things. Oftentimes we're so busy focusing on where we are in comparison to where we want to be, but we don't recognize how far on the journey we've traveled thus far. You don't judge yourself in the car, although one would say we get a bit fatigued. But, you know, when you drive 200 miles, you don't go, oh, my God, 300 miles. You know what? I should just quit. I'm never going to make it because you know the destination is there. It's very important that you recognize how much you how far you've come. And through that, 
all the things that you garnered. Had I not gone through the experiences that I shared earlier, I wouldn't be where I am today. And 10 years from now, if I didn't go through what I'm going through now, I wouldn't be there. It's all about the process. It's not about the destination. So when we talk about leadership, education, they go hand in hand, you're constantly evolving, just like the world is revolving. We are evolving. We are never standing still, even in the midst of what we think we're standing still, because the world is spinning at 760 miles an hour or something like that. Therefore, you're never standing still. You're constantly in motion, a body in motion, right? Versus a body at rest. Yeah. It's important. I always say, what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object? And they say they can't exist at the same time, right? You can't be unstoppable and immovable. Often we are the immovable object. And it's mostly our mindset telling us, oh, I'm not where I should be. So move your thinking that's getting in the way of your education and your leadership. Because there's people that need to benefit from what you're offering. So that would be my biggest takeaway is how am I leading myself? How far have I come? What am I proud of? What am I doing well? What more would I like to learn? And then go out and do those things and recognize that through your example is speaking volume. Someone is watching you. Someone is learning from you. And are you giving them the lessons that you want to leave behind? And, And it doesn't mean you're not making mistakes. But it, to me, it's not about the mistake. It's about the recovery from the mistake, right? Right. So when a restaurant, for example, I'll give an example. Restaurant messes up. I like when I read, I don't read reviews very often. But if I do, I always look at when a restaurant responds to a Yelp review. I'm more interested not in the negative review, but how the restaurant responded. And this is the same thing with my athletes. I want to know how you responded. I don't care about what happened as much as I care about how you responded. So if the restaurant messes up and then the, the owner is responding in, well, you know, this, that, and it's all defensive, then I wouldn't eat there because I already know the leadership is not about learning through this process. If it's, oh, we're so terribly sorry, we didn't know about that, please give us an opportunity to make this up to you. And we'd love to hear more about your story. Contact me directly via this. Then I'm like, okay, this person gets it. They don't have it all figured out. They're, they're not in, they're not perfect. And I think it's the same thing. I'm not so interested in your mistakes. I'm interested in how you responded to those mistakes, what you learned, the lessons, because obviously that's going to affect your leadership as well as showing that you're all about your own education. So that's yeah. what I want them to take away. Absolutely. Who, you know, I want to get into this this thought exercise. Um, which is, is, I just think is going to be so important for this conversation. But I want to awesome. ask you first, like, whose leadership style has really impacted you the most? Like, you know, it's it's one thing to be a great leader um, and then to learn from others. But there's always something, right? Somebody, it could be someone completely different from you who just speaks right. to you. Um, and I'm just wondering who that is for you. Like, whose leadership do you really, really find moving and impactful? I mean, Kibwe, I have to be honest with you. I don't have a sexy answer for that question because it's so many people. I mean, I've been impacted by so many. And when you say the most, it's sort of like the whole LeBron versus Kobe. Who's the best that there ever was? And I just, I I, I find those arguments (laughs) just... 
fruitless because we're going to argue till our we're blue in the face and you know and ultimately I'm still going to walk away thinking it was you know I'm not saying it is LeBron but and you're going to walk <laughs> away saying it's Kobe or Michael Jordan which is what I grew up under and I'm definitely a huge fan of his I think that for each state I could have a most valuable player in leadership but I couldn't pick one overall because there's been so many and I would say that my leadership style is the sum total effect of every single person that has touched my life that has given me an opportunity because I'm constantly stealing I'm you know if you want to look at it stealing borrowing whatever but I'm like oh I like that hmm I'm gonna take that and it's the same thing as a speaker and as a coach I'm like mm, I like that so for me I believe that because we have these infinite examples I have the luxury of saying ooh I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna take this and so my leadership style is sort of like a transformer of sorts is is made up of so many different parts and yeah. it couldn't possibly be pinpointed to one person but i would say that obviously my mom had an impact on me um my coaches for my sports life you know some do some not to do and then just all the entrepreneurs and business people that i've had the privilege of learning under and seeing like oh i like that and then the many authors that i've read i mean i'm i'm very well read on the subject that i endeavor in which is mental performance coaching and i'm constantly reading and evolving i just read a book by trevor moad who unfortunately lost his battle to cancer this week um huge effect on russell wilson's life and you know now he'll be somebody that i'll be like oh i like that So it's another person each time I'm adding to it. So yeah. I guess it's the coat of many colors if you want to Joseph's technicolor dream coat or whatever you want to say, but yeah. That's an amazing answer. That's an amazing answer. <laughs> um I think it's it's we all are getting colored by life, right? Yes. Um and we can't stop it. It's just a matter of how we choose to wear it. And um I think it's really powerful that you allow so many different pieces to make up one picture that you keep refining of yourself. Um because again, right. you know, we can be really really rigid and I know one thing, academics are incredibly rigid. Like I feel like <laughs> yes. intelligence goes up and intellect goes down, intuition That's goes correct. down. And it's very interesting. Not everybody's like that. That's just my personal experience. But um so I'm really excited to hear about this thought exercise that you're going to tell okay, us about. Okay, let's do um, it. I know, you know, there are there's we can go on for hours about our opinions and our life experiences around mm-hmm. leadership and and education. Um, but as it pertains to everyday life, how to conquer things, how to become more educated, how to be more receptive to right. the environments and the people that color your life. um and that that um transform you into being the ultimate leader of first yourself and then maybe other people um i want to know what you do i want to know what what helps you out so that we can yeah. go away from this interview so people can stop listening to this podcast and they can start to really start to connect dots for themselves when right. they see things happening in life when they observe their own tendencies so yeah. um I would love for you to give us a thought exercise if you're ready. Yes. All right. Absolutely. All right. One of the things that I would suggest when it comes to leadership and learning about self 
is um, I think we learn a lot through our responses to things, right? I look at um, one of the things I do with my athletes is I think about um, the term responsibility, your ability to respond. So when it comes to situations, and I talk about how are you leading yourself, right? We asked the question a few moments ago. The question would be, let's take a situation from your last week. So if you're talking about me, anything that happened in the last week, if I'm being faced with something that's going on in my life, I want to know, uh, okay, here's what happened. This is how I break it down. I kind of put reviewing the game film. If you want to, if you want to do that, if those of you that don't know, athletes view the game. This is what you're asking, right? Co give way from me, give the audience a, a, a response, or I'm yes. going through what I do. Uh, I want you sure. to give our audience an exercise that they can do, okay. um, much right. like reviewing game film or 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 whatever you think is right. going to be most impactful. Yeah. So one of the things that I would do is I'm going to do the reviewing the game film with a little bit, uh, you know, similar thing. We're going to look at, okay, let's take the sum total of a day. We can even go, since today's Monday and some of us, you know, like we had the weekend, maybe you want to think about a week. We'll do a week in review, sort of example. What happened? So first we want to distill out, let's write out what happened with no actual, and this is difficult for most people, but I want you to write out what happened without any emotion to it. So in other words, it would be like Kibway is interviewing Brent versus Kibway is doing such a good job at interviewing Brent. There's a difference, right? I just want you to talk about what's happening. So Kibway is having a conversation with Brent. They're on a podcast. Brent is answering questions. Currently, right now, she's giving us a thought exercise. Right, that would be an example of what's happening, okay? We want to distill out all of our, um, the things we put on things because nothing has meaning except the meaning that we give it. So we want to first write out what happened, okay? Then we want to write out how did we you know what how did we respond to what happened? This is where I made a judgment on what happened. So in other words, um, Kibway is interviewing me. He's asking me questions. I'm feeling, let's say, this is not true for me in the moment, but I'm feeling stressed about the questions that he's asking me. I'm feeling a little bit like, oh, do I know if I'm answering this correctly? Or I'm feeling really great. This is going really well. Oh my gosh. Or I felt like, wow, that was a gotcha question, Kibway. Where did that come from? Right? So these are different things in different ways that I may have responded in the moment. And sometimes I didn't say it to Kibway like that, but maybe the way I responded was a telegraph. Like they used to say you could telegraph your pass if you're a quarterback. For example, if they know where you're gonna throw it or pass it in basketball or football, then they're most likely going to intercept it or it's gonna be a turnover in basketball and use that for any other sports, right? So we wanna look at what, what happened? How did we respond to what happened? Okay, now you just look at those two things. Now, when you evaluate, when I'm talking about leadership and learning ourselves, we're going to learn a lot in that process. So when I feel like when this happens, I technically, you, you know, you can see if there's any themes or patterns. If you do it for a week, you should be able to see some. When I feel like stress is going up, I tend to knee-jerk react with a little bit of anger or aggressiveness or shortness or, you know, something like that. You can start to see what patterns and habits that you have. And then the question is, now when we're reviewing the game film, now we want to make a decision of what's our training plan, right? What are we going to do differently if we want to change anything about the responses we have? Because I always say elite athletes react, you know, I mean, sorry, uh, some people react, elite athletes respond. 
we want to figure out how we have better responses. Because if we want to be better leaders, so first we're educating ourselves in our process because now we're looking at ourselves and sort of with a lens as observing ourselves in the past. And now we have an ability to make a training plan program to go forward. Mm. So my question would be, all right, what would you change about how you responded? Or is there something you need to process about what happened that you recognize where is that coming from? Oh, I see. I felt cornered. And when I feel cornered, this is how I respond. How could I see the situation differently? Maybe, or, you know, maybe I take a breath instead of immediately going, oh, I know what this is. Ah, this is familiar. That's my trigger, right? And say, wait a minute, maybe this isn't that. What could, what could it be? What are my, what were my many options in that scenario, right? I can't control what Kibway said. I can't control the questions he asked, but I could control how I responded to the questions. I could have also said, Kibway, would you mind if I took a moment to think longer about this question and you maybe ask me a second question and then I'll come back to this one? Could I have done that? Could that have been an option? Instead of feeling like, oh, Kibwe, and I'm Kibwe didn't give me any gotcha. Those of you that are like, is she really going in on Kibwe on this? <laughs> Just an example. Everybody relax. Kibwe's safe, okay? <laughs> Kibwe, you know, he's good. All right. So, all right. I was sweating. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and you need to ask yourself, if you're listening to this and you had that response, where's that coming from? But anyway, yeah. so we'll <laughs> continue to go down this way because everything's neutral. This is something right. that Trevor Moad talked about. Everything is neutral. And, and the way that I mean that is nothing has meaning except the meaning that you give it. So in that moment, this is what happened. Now, how did I respond or how did I interpret what happened then that colored my response? And would I want to change either the story that I told myself about what happened or the action of how I responded? And those are all my only two options. So when you look at that, then all of a sudden you write out your plan and you say, oh, okay, here's a couple things I would do differently. Now, is there anything you need to go back in the past? Not necessarily to change because you can't necessarily go change what happened, but would I want to go back and have a conversation with Kibway? Fire off an email and say, hey man, I don't know if it, if it felt tense in that one moment of the interview and I want to let you know what I was thinking. But again, it was a feeling on your part. I take responsibility for that. My apologies. This is what I was feeling, but I realize and recognize now that I could have made different decisions. So that's how I could address the past. I can't change the fact that that's, that's on his podcast interview and all those things. But if I care about the relationship with Kibway, maybe I want to fire off that email. <laughs> right. If it's something going forward, then it's more like, okay, how would I handle that going forward? Because I don't want to keep firing off emails, right? I don't want to be the person that's the apologist all the time. Nothing wrong with apologizing, but maybe I could catch it before I do it. So what are some of the different plans that I'm going to work on? And again, change the story, change the action. So in reviewing the game film, you're going to do two things, which is you're going to learn and you're going to, you know, you're going to lead yourself through that process and you, through that education, you're going to become a better leader. So it's just learning, leading, learning, 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 leading, leading, learning, and all through that. So that's what I would do if I were you just going through that process of how do I learn myself? It's taking a snapshot view of how did I respond in the last week? What would I do differently? What am I, what are my biggest takeaways? And not you messed up, Bryn, you're terrible, but all right, this is what happened. This is how I responded. Here's what I would do differently. Here's what I'm going to do to go back to make things right for myself with the relationships with the people, if there's a need, and here's what I'm going to do going forward. So that would be my advice on um, a thought to lead, to lead this out for your people. That's amazing. And, and it all starts with observation, watching yourself, yep. you know, That's watching right. the game film and, and, and being unemotional about what's happening. You know, you said everything is neutral. That is powerful because 
that's a hard place to be. You always want yeah. to establish an us versus them or a, or or this is good or that's bad. Like everything yeah. is neutral. It's just that's that good you... bad binary again. Again, yeah. that's not this or that. It's just it is. Now I made it good or I made it bad through the story I told myself about the thing. Yeah. Oof. That is amazing. Thank you so <laughs> much for that. That was uh, amazing. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. Absolutely. I hope anybody who's listening, I really want you to take a second and do this thought exercise because we can get into a cycle of just going through time and not really assessing what we're actually doing. I do it myself. Uh, I've worked my way into like catching myself for about three or four days in, but it took time. And so for you, starting with the week and then working your way backwards to where you can start this mindfulness like on a daily basis yeah you know? right you could do it on a daily basis weekly yeah. basis but yeah start start where it feels comfortable for you and yeah. then when you get good at it then i would go probably smaller but i would probably do a week to yeah. start so that you don't feel like because you're not going to remember everything but maybe a week and then you're going to get good enough that you're like oh, okay i can do this for a couple minutes a day yeah like, that's awesome so. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is that is uh, a game changer. I'm so glad that you're able to share that with us. Absolutely. We are gathering more and more thought exercises here on Empower You Podcast because my goal is to uh, really have a database of useful tools that help us overcome, that help us navigate our nice. processes even better so that we can really create more than maybe what it was shown to us right right so um i i really appreciate it thank you so much for coming if if not if will you tell us how we can further engage with you because someone's listening to this podcast and they're like she's brilliant i need to know everything about her <laughs> and i want them to have an opportunity to hear where they can find you where they can find your yes. podcast how they can engage with you how you guys can go and and and, and follow her on any of her social yes. medias and say thank you okay so how do we how do we get a hold of you all right so there's a few different ways the first one that kibway has spoken quite at length about is my podcast the mental advantage podcast right now uh it's yes thank you kibway you have uh guest episodes and then solo episodes so it's pretty much every other now when it first started it was all guest interviews and i love those and now i'm putting some solo episodes in but I would recommend uh, either if you like to watch them, go to YouTube and Kibway will link the, uh, the information in the show notes, as well as you can do it through anywhere. Like he said, podcasts or stream, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, all the places. There's a link in my bio on Instagram if you really need those links. But he's going to put a couple in the show notes as well for Apple in particular. So I drive most traffic to my Apple podcast. Uh, It's also an internationally known podcast. It's been streamed in Sri Lanka, Uganda, France, Italy, you know, all kinds of all over the world. Places I've not even visited yet have heard my podcast. So I'm really proud of that. Uh, The next uh, thing I want you to do is connect with me on Instagram. I put up content regularly snippets of the podcast motivational inspirational content like there's a there's a video of reviewing the game film on there so you can see that. And uh, because I did 30 days of like being your mental performance coach. So you can check that out. And that's all on my Instagram. And uh, he'll do that. But it's just at Bryn Drescher, my first and last name. And then the last thing I want you to know is I coach athletes. 
So if you happen to be a parent of an elite athlete and you want to help get them more confidence, more consistency, better responses, and just be a better overall human through the vehicle of sport, then I'm your person. And uh, you can reach me DMs on Instagram, um, or you can email me at info at brindresher.com. But either of those places, if you say, hey, I've got an athlete I want you to, I want to talk to you about, that would be great. It is an eight-week program. I don't work one off with athletes. What that means is I'm not just going to fix them in one session. Um, I have a whole foundational program that I've taken several athletes from NBA to Division One and all the way down to AAU clients and then take them through that process so they have the right foundation to build their empire on top of because there's a lot of things that athletes kind of are faced with and this is specifically designed with them to better navigate the various pivot points of how to become better responders so that they can have full control over their athletic destiny so that is the different ways you can connect with me i look forward to talking with any of you and if you got any value from this send me a dm just at the very least to say hey thank you so much this was great i'm happy i was listening that's amazing you all realize how smart this lady is <laughs> like it's a little it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> if you are super brilliant like Bryn is and you enjoy um empower you podcast you're absolutely going to love uh, Bryn's con podcast the mental advantage podcast and if you do not have a podcast if you're sitting here and you're like you know what i want to know people like kibway mm -hmm. like Bryn, and you're 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 an expert and a, a consultant or um some type of uh, a, a coach in your own industry i want you to reach out okay um i help in experts, coaches, entrepreneurs uh, create podcasts for their business, for their service, so that they can spend less time scrolling on social media and actually creating impact um, within their specific industry. So um, if you're sitting here and you're like, wow, these people are amazing. I want them to be my friends. You need to get a podcast, yo, so you can connect with all kinds of different experts yes. in your industry so that you can really build network um, and add value to your ideal client, your ideal audience, uh, make you not only the ultimate authority on your topic, but it gives you an opportunity to really give in a way that is transformational for your audience. So thank you mm. so, so much, Bryn, for being here. You, you need to go to Bryn's podcast and subscribe. <laughs> and you need to go to www.workwithkibway.com dot com if you're looking to create a podcast uh, as yeah. an expert a coach a consultant um, and you're looking to alleviate some of your social media pain beat the algorithm and create more impact and income generating uh, activities so um, we have been so full and I'm so thankful that you're here um, thank you for being here I cannot wait to send this to you and let you know what you think you guys this was awesome. I really geeked out about this episode and uh, I've known Bryn for a while. And so I was really, really very, very happy when she agreed to come on the podcast and share with us. And now you guys all know why. So um, thank, thank you. you for being here, Bryn. Anything else you want to give us before uh, we close it out? Uh, the one thing I always like to say at the end of a podcast when somebody asks me this question is one, of course, I want to say thank you to Kibway because this has been a phenomenal experience. And two, I want to say you're doing better than you think you are. So just be nice to yourself on the journey. Oof. You're doing better than you think you are. Amen to that. 
I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you so much for being here. To all of the, you all who are listening, I will see you guys in another episode. So stay subscribed, share with somebody, and I'll talk to you later. Peace. podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you.